Welcome to Season 2 of the Undetected Narcissist Podcast. Your host, Angela Meyer, is here to bring you clarity if you are stuck in confusion. She is an award-winning hypnotherapist, wellness coach, trauma recovery specialist, and NLP practitioner. In Season 2, Angela will cover various mental health topics that are designed to shift your perspective and support humanity as a whole. There is always a blog post with supporting information, so please visit undetectednarcissist.com. So enjoy, relax, listen, and learn as we embark on this wonderful podcast today with you. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Undetected Narcissist. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to spot trauma triggers, okay? And before I begin, I just want to do a little housekeeping to let everyone know that for a while now, this has been every week that I've been doing this, and I'm in the process of moving and some changes, so I'm going to have to cut back for a little bit and do it every other week because... I just can't fit this all into my schedule. So just be aware that that's going to happen, okay? So let's move on. So there are many hidden trauma triggers and signs. Today I want to help everyone learn how to spot the trauma triggers within themselves or another person. I will also give you a few examples of trauma triggers that maybe most people are unaware of. So let's unpack this subject by first learning to recognize the signs. Before diving in, know that everyone responds to trauma differently. There is no right or wrong way to come to terms with and process mentally and emotionally significant events. So below are some common trauma signs and symptoms. First one, trouble with your sleep. Someone can sleep more, have difficulty shutting down the mind, and being able to fall asleep. You could have trouble going back to sleep because the mind is chatting or sleeping less than usual. People can find their minds on high alert when it's time to sleep, but they struggle with, you know, being able to clock that mind out for the night. The next one is unexplained outbursts of anger. When you are consistently walking on eggshells or being abused, even bullied, eventually a part of you will no longer tolerate or take any more pressure, instability, and stressors. The more you get angry, the more it becomes a habit pattern. The angry part of you can be a self-protection mechanism because the authentic self has been allowing too much drama to be pushed under the rug. The angry part comes out and wants the drama to stop. Therefore, you can have two conflicting aspects of yourself. One part is pushing you to stand up for yourself and set healthy boundaries, yet the other part is also scared. It can go into freeze or even the please or appease mode for survival purposes. Either way, there can be anger outbursts, all right? And you can black out, you can disassociate, and you can even notice that when you start to have a short fuse, 
that can also be a hidden trauma sign, okay? Next one is eating habits, how those change. You could be overeating, eating too little, making poor food choices to self-soothe, or eating your feelings. Next is obsessive worry. One's mind can feel like it's on a hamster wheel, spinning and spinning, draining someone mentally and emotionally. Next could be difficulty focusing. A person can be stuck in confusion and feel flustered. One can struggle at work, at school, following a conversation and completing tasks. There also is depression. One can feel sadness, hopelessness, and despair. You can be brought to tears more easily and feel extremely vulnerable. Next is fear and anxiety. Fear and anxiety can be heightened. One can feel unstable, unsafe, insecure, and want to isolate themselves to feel safe. Some people can experience an anxiety or panic attack. Now let's move on. There can be thoughts of self-harm. When someone is struggling with hidden trauma signs and nobody can seem to relate to their struggles, a person can think about doing self-harm. They want the pain to go away. And at times, self-harm is an escape tool because their reality is too painful. Next is intrusive thoughts. I have heard that when someone has intrusive thoughts, it is like they are struggling with an angel and devil on their shoulder. This is similar to the angry part discussed earlier. Next, the person can feel numb inside. Trauma can make someone shut down because feeling painful feelings is too intense. A person wants to shut them off and escape. Next is difficulty tracking conversations. Trauma does change the brain. It can feel like one brain has been fried because it is challenging to follow directions, engage in a conversation, or even listen when someone is having a conversation. Only chunks of the dialogue are retained within the brain. One can be physically there, but one can be mentally checked out from time to time. Next is denial and shock. Denial is a coping mechanism. Shock can fry the brain, body, and emotions. Next is irritability and mood swings. Life can feel like a roller coaster. One, one day, you have a good day. The next day, you can hardly get out of bed. Irritability occurs when there is this seesaw imbalance. Next one is feeling withdrawn. One can feel disconnected, isolated, not like their usual self, and might want to withdraw from the world, family members, school, friends, and social activities. Next one, shut down. A person can be having a normal conversation, and out of the blue, that person can shut down. You've heard me talk about it before, because 
My son has done this, and I talked about it in a past podcast. But yes, a person can shut down. They can go into the PTSD trauma freeze response. They struggle with finding their voice and the words to use. They can feel trapped and confused, as if they do not control their mind or body. They might want to cry because they feel so helpless when they shut down. And then lastly is addictive behaviors. There are many addictive behaviors. The key is to watch the warning sign of how often a person is gambling, drinking, eating their emotions, let's say watching porn, popping pills, or overspending. It's the change of regular patterns in the consistency they had. So if maybe they gambled once a month, and now they're gambling every day or every other day, that's a big sign. So just be aware of that. And then also some other signs can be harassment. You're in the wrong field. Um, Your mortgage, you can't meet a deadline. You have a conflict with someone. You're stuck in debt. You're being bullied. You're overworked. You're being, you know, The IRS is after you for your taxes. You have a business crisis. Um, In your work, you have poor leadership. And there's even expectations, okay? So as you can see, you know, from the list I just gave you, it's an image on the blog post, all these things can become traumatic for a person to handle. It is like an overload upon the brain, emotions, and physical body. Then the computer crashes and the operating system gets fried. A person feels off or out of place. Many people assume that trauma only impacts one's mental health. This is not true. Trauma well disrupt a person's physical health. There have been studies that have shown a direct correlation between trauma and health conditions like type 2 diabetes, COPD, heart disease, high blood pressure, and even cancer. When I was struggling with trauma, I experienced insomnia, fatigue, nightmares, racing heartbeat, irregular heartbeats, muscle tension, body aches and pains, anxiety attack, and I was startled easily. These are all physical signs of trauma. And I wrote about in chapter 56 how I had to have surgery on my heart because my body could no longer handle the high intense trauma drama. And to prove this fact, it's on the blog post. Um, I recently had an experience that I had no idea how my body was responding to stressors, the trauma triggers, and my overall health. So recently, I got into a disagreement with someone that I invited back into my life. We used to be close, but when I invited them back into my life, the friendship, it was questionable. During our disagreement, I had to remind them of our agreement to show each other mutual respect and common decency. Hard to believe, right? There are people out there that do not respect or like boundaries or even agreements. So long story short, several narcissistic behaviors surfaced, and it validated why this person should not be in my life. 
Well, they retaliated and tried to vandalize my property when they expected I would be asleep. Shocking. Yes. And that's on the list of hidden trauma triggers. Um, I tried to put it behind me, but my body responded differently. Like many people, I struggled with cognitive distance. I didn't want to believe that someone would try to trauma trigger me, but they did. Then like many people, I was in shock and denial. Denial that it was no big deal and I could just shrug it off. I was unaware of how deeply this event impacted me. I started to worry that they'd do it again. I had intrusive thoughts. I ate less than usual. I felt some anxiety when I saw them again in passing. And I could feel how this trauma trigger was bleeding into my relationship and life. I had to stop and listen to my body's warning signs. And there is this great quote that says, If you don't heal what hurt you, you'll bleed on people who didn't cut you. So my Fitbit gave me the proof I needed to understand how my body responded to this assault. And let's be honest here. Many of us just try to stuff our emotions down. Many of us are too busy with work and life. We don't have time to stop and really dive into our emotions and mental state of mind. And as you can see, if you go to the blog post, my resting heart rate went from an average of 59 to 67. Then after the disagreement, my heart rate variability dropped. It impacted my sleeping pattern and put me on edge. They know I have security cameras, but they were able to avoid being recorded. And it has taken my body a little over a week to return to its normal resting heart rate, sleeping pattern, and rhythm. Therefore, if you own a Fitbit, use all the features. It can tell you a lot about yourself and how your body responds to stress, threats, drama, and other unexpected life events. After the assault, I realized that I am a hidden trauma trigger for this person. How? I am seen as an authority figure to this person, and they do not respect people in a position of authority from their past trauma experiences. When they pretended to not recall our mutual agreement and refused to show kindness and respect to one another, I had to put my foot down. That is when they said to end it here, meaning our friendship, and like you probably would, I agreed, yes, we should end this friendship. Me ending it was a trauma trigger because I did not give them the win they were seeking. I guess they expected me to want to still be friends and they expected me to just be hurt and upset and still remain friends. But I don't want a friend like that. Therefore, hurt people try to hurt people. And most people would not consider themselves a trauma trigger, but we can be. If someone's father or mother passed away and they sound or look exactly like them, they can be a trauma trigger for their family members, neighbors, or friends of the person that passed away. If your dog accidentally passed away and you see another dog that looks similar to yours, that dog can be a trauma trigger. And if someone experienced a miscarriage, the baby passed away, or a child passed away, Infants and small children can be a trauma trigger. 
Now let's talk about hidden trauma triggers and how to spot trauma triggers. A person can be triggered by someone's body wash, deodorant, cologne, or perfume. The smell can trigger a person's trauma memory, right? So let me give you an example. In the book, What Happened to You by Bruce D. Perry, MD, PhD, and Oprah Winfrey, he tells a story about a young boy that would act out in only one of his classes. It was discovered that the teacher was wearing the same scented deodorant cologne his alcoholic, abusive father wore. When the teacher was asked to change the deodorant, the behaviors stopped. Next one, appearance. Some people can be triggered by a person's appearance, style of dress, hairstyle, haircut, even their personal hygiene. If you recall in the podcast, Being Your Authentic Self, I was triggered. When I saw a man walk into an event I was attending and he looked just like my son's father. Same hair color, hairstyle, height, facial hair, weight, body language, and attire. The only difference is his eyes were not green, but blue. Did I run and hide when I saw them? Nope. I was triggered, but crept closer and closer until I saw the difference in their eye color. Next one is sounds and tone of voice. If someone was abused as a child, hearing another child cry can trigger their hidden trauma. We have all heard stories of veterans being trauma triggered by the sound of a car backfiring fireworks, or gunfire. If you have ever had to be in an ambulance sent to the ER, the siren sound can trigger that trauma memory. And I recall working with a client that had the fear of hearing the telephone ring. Why? She had this fear because her husband got into a car accident. Every time the phone rang, It was the hospital reporting more bad news about her husband. Now, even someone can raise their voice, and it can trigger a trauma memory of being yelled at. Even though the person is not yelling at you, the increased tone of voice can be triggering. Next, I do have a long list, and I could go into detail about each one, but no, I... I know you'll get the point, okay? So here's just a little mini list that I created, which can be hidden trauma triggers. The key is self-awareness. And I know I can sound like a broken record, but when you care about someone and can spot trauma triggers, you can be their life vest. Also, you can learn more about yourself, like I did with my Fitbit. So... Here's the list. And here's the most important thing again. How to spot the trauma triggers in yourself or another person is how one responds and reacts, you know, gives it away. So the first one could be specific location. Like for me, it's a courthouse. For other people, it could be a restaurant, a nightclub, a park, a classroom a football field, a locker room, 
a freeway off-ramp where an accident occurred. Fear of heights can be included in this list. Returning to the same school when there was a shooting or going to the same location of an accident or trauma occurred can also trigger someone. And even being trapped in an elevator, if that happened to you, I'm sure you take the stairs more often. Number two is animals. Fear of dogs, spiders, snakes, bees, or other animals that might have injured or hurt you. And if you did not get injured or hurt by a specific animal, but still experience the fear and anxiety around that animal, you could have gotten that fear from hearing someone tell their nightmare story. You could have gotten it by watching a movie, watching TV, or even a real-life experience, you know, watching it happen. That's all considered indirect trauma. So, third one is natural disasters, a flood, a rainstorm, or tornado, an earthquake. Number four is doctor or dentist. You could have the fear of needles, the fear of dental treatment, surgery, or vaccines. And trust me, when any of those go wrong, it can be traumatizing for you. Then there is number five, certain foods or beverages. When someone has gotten really sick from an alcoholic beverage, they most likely will not take that risk to drink it again. The same goes with food. So self-awareness of the changes within yourself and another person you care about is essential in learning how to spot trauma triggers. Some can be changes in your child's grades and social interactions. Another would be how you can no longer have a rational conversation with them. Let's say, for example, when you're polite and rational with a person, yet it backfires because maybe you're unaware that your actions and behaviors might be their trauma trigger. Observing what is different from their usual self can be a warning sign. Stopping and figuring out how long these new habits, behaviors, and patterns started and developed can support you in learning how to spot trauma triggers. And then nextly, do they meet the profile above with the trauma triggers? They may not meet them all, but remember, everyone is different. Ask yourself, has their personality changed? Have they gone from being happy and cheerful most of the time to being pessimistic and negative? The hobbies they enjoyed and loved immediately stopped. Your daughter's friends came over often, and now your house is quiet and your daughter is moody. What happened? What changed? Your ability to read and spot the trauma triggers can support someone in recovering and getting the professional help they need, if they need professional help. So I hope this information has been helpful in learning how to spot trauma triggers that can be directly in your face or hidden within yourselves. I do have some exciting news. I have created a free ebook, which you can download. It's a 28-page ebook to teach you how to use the end game technique. 
You can share it with a friend, a family member, but it's really good to know because it protects people against reactive abuse, all right? It gives you those tools that I spoke about in that podcast. I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back in two weeks. Take care.